Let's get it. It is the Get Loud Podcast. Michael Jenkins, Fred Smoot, brought to you by SeatGeek, episode number two. Feels like we've been here for a long time, because we've known each other for we've a long been, time. I, come on, Jenkins. We put in work year after year after year. That's why our rapport is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we are, we a team. Exactly. It's like me playing with Champ Bailey when I was matched up with him, and then it was me and Sean Springs, and he was the best sidekick I ever had. Then it was me and D. Hall, and me and Carlos Rogers, and me and Antoine Winfield. So I'd, I've had some, some good parents with cornerbacks. You at the top of that list. I appreciate Appreciate you, my man. Well, first we gotta talk some football. We're gonna talk yeah. about a little bit of everything, but you saw that win on Friday night. Yeah. 17-15, got the win late. What'd you take away from it? I was very impressed. First of all, I'm a realist in the preseason. Mm-hmm. The preseason, I'm not looking for our team to go out here and beat no team 60 to zero. It doesn't right. matter at the beginning of time. But I want to see them go out there and uniformly look like a team, look like they belong, do the small things well. And that's what we did. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb right now and tell people right this. This is not your grandmother's Browns. I right, this Browns yeah. group is a to me. With the offensive line they got, quarterback they got, wide receiver they got, they're going to be a playoff threat. Yeah. I thought we measured player for player well with them. Mm-hmm. I thought we came out and did some things well, especially on offense. I know people want to talk about the offensive line, this and that. Yep. I'm not looking for the offensive line to be full power right now. It takes those time, them guys time to jail. Mm-hmm. It's going to – Put it like this. They need to troubleshoot together. They need to actually get into problems it. and learn how to get out of them together. And they do that as a group. So, overall – I thought we did well, but we got a long way to go. I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line because this is something I had to learn over time is that it is truly a group effort. There has to be communication along every bit of that line for it yeah. to work. It's like the ultimate boy band. It's like unless <laughs> unless your offensive line is the backstreet boys, are they literally in yeah. sync and name in sync? They won't play well on the big stage together. Mm-hmm. And that's why they need to get in these things and get in these situations. Yeah. They learn from how much they play together. That's why if you talk about anybody say who's the best line in the league, I bet you they had five plus years together. Yeah. And don't forget this offensive line is not only working them two, three new players, mm-hmm. they also learning a new scheme on the coach B enemy. So at the end of the day, the challenge is there. I think they're open for the challenge. So if they're a boy band, who's a bad boy? Uh, who's Every boy band has a bad boy. Who's the Barbie Brown? Yeah. Nick Gates. Oh, I'm glad you said hey, Bobby Brown. Hey, hey Nick Gates. Gates, listen, I watched this gate last year play for the Giants. He he got the long hair, the Thor coming out of his helmet. He keep his jersey tucked so you can see his navel. You know what I'm saying? Like, he run them dudes. And he just gets the tussling with everybody. I see yeah. him tussling with John Allen. I see him tussling with Payne. You got to have that one fire starter on that line. And if I had to pick the Bobby Brown of this group, it's Nick Gates. I'm glad you said that. It's no lie. My favorite group of all time, new edition. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. My greatest group of all time is the Jackson Five. That's good. Out the Beatles. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm a classical guy when it comes to great music. The Jackson Five were a boy band and yes. they grew into those roles. They also. Same it, as New Edition. And, and the thing about it is, I think great groups are meant to break apart. Because we wouldn't have Justin Timberlake or Michael, Michael Jackson if they didn't say, you know what, I'm sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have to move forward. Beyonce, the same thing. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I think with all groups, Come a three degrees of separation. Yeah. And we know it as a fan base. That's why we rush to see them, why they still in a group together. One of the greatest performances I ever saw, ever. This is when New Edition was performing here in D.C., but Bobby wasn't a part of the group. Yeah. Like, oh, he ain't left. Yeah, Johnny Gill replaced Johnny Gill was great. Johnny Gill. How do you feel about replacements, too? I need to know that because I never really feel right. I never feel I like mean, it's the same. Johnny was, is great, but... It's hard when you're used to that group being together. The one thing that helped them is that they were truly kids when Bobby was there. Yeah. And yeah. then when they were teenagers, that's when JG came along. It's yeah. so a little bit different. Yeah. But I'm not a big fan of replacements, even though I love Johnny Gill. I, I, I've watched him replace guys like in groups. 
I never looked at the group the same. Like I it's never, different. like it feels like you know what? I just bought a car. The motor went bad. I got a new motor. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's a new car anymore. I right. feel like it's a used right. car. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I really do. Jeff. No, when I saw a new edition at Constitution Hall in DC, yeah. everyone's performing, but randomly, and this is a long time ago. All yeah. of a sudden, you hear someone say, "Ladies and gentlemen." Mr. Bobby Brown and Bobby randomly shows up and then they start all performing together and performing BBD songs. Yeah. They've been working out together. Man, that was just hot. My dream concert. Okay. Like if I could just dream a concert, I need Michael Michael Jackson opening that thing. He could play his whole catalog. (laughs) Marvin Gaye play his. Oh, yeah. And then I needed to be ended by Sir Elton John playing. (laughs) You want Elton John? Oh, Yellow Brick Road? Hey, listen to me. Hey, I be shocking you, don't it? No, no, I meant it did, yes. I was like, I was like, I was like, what other R&B artists is he going to go with? No. no, I love that. Elton John. Listen, man, Yellow Brick Road is one of those. Classic. It, the song could mean three different things to three different people. It's true. Uh, it's, it's uh, I'm down and I got to start it over and pick myself up. Uh, maybe I have outweighed this situation. Need to go build another situation. Mm-hmm. So it's the artists that really put their soul into it. And the ones that usually put their soul into it, they, they, they music art can't be mimicked. Yep. Nobody can mimic Sir Elton Judd. That's true. Like it cannot. I, I be trying to do it at karaoke. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the Yellow Brick Road, yeah. some of these commanders rookies. Yeah. Maybe there is a place on this roster. Who's the, some of the young guys that stepped up? Uh, Casimir Allen. He sure I, he's did. a guy that I'm pulling for, and we know what we've been missing in the return game here. This yeah. is where he's going to make his market. And I thought he ran, he had some strong returns in that game. But he also, people don't understand, is the constant backup truly to a guy like Curtis Samuel because they're the only two wide receivers that can actually play wide receiver, running back, and return kick. Yeah. So they mimic each other. I thought he helped himself. I thought a couple of guys on defense helped themselves. Yeah, like yeah. Jones got in there, rushed the Passion real well on, on on the defense side of the ball. So we got some youngsters that's showing their worth right now. But I, this roster is so deep. And we Coach, saw a lot and, of. It. And Coach Gibbs once told me this. He said, "Cut day is the most painful day of the year for me." And I like Coach. Why well, is cut day? He's like, because if you literally draft well and you sign guys well, mm-hmm. you're going to cut some good players that you do not want to release. And we're going to have to go through the same thing. Think about this. Mm-hmm. We got Big Ridgeway because the Cowboys could not have him on, his pra- on their practice squad. Yeah. They, they had to cut a good player. They had to do it to get down to 53. That's the same thing that we're looking at. Look at the D-line. The D-line could almost go 11 deep. The wide receivers with Kemp and Tinsley and the rest of those guys. Pringle you talking to Pringle? You and Pringle already knows the offense, so he got a, a one yep. step ahead of these guys. You're talking about nine deep. You're talking about the tight end room. The, the DB room <laughs> is like, deep. Look, listen, we got a second-round draft pick that's trying to find – Quan is trying to find his way mm-hmm. on the field. They got him playing uh, middle safety, free safety, strong safety, Buffalo nickel, everything that he can try to get on this field. But then you got guys like Jeremy Reeves still right there. You, you got Percy Butler still right Percy there. Percy got a pick. That, that, that's what I'm telling you. You got defro. You got Cam – like, it's so – Many, and that's what I love. And it also makes practice in t- uh, intense. That, that's right. And it also makes guys know we don't have a lot of leisure when it comes to leeway to not making plays in this offense or in this defense. So I think the best thing you can do is iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. and that's what we got going on right now. It is a Get Out Podcast. Fred Smoot, Michael Jenkins, presented by SeatGeek. Good to be with you. What do you do when – I mean, I don't even know how you make those decisions. That's a very interesting thing that yeah. Coach Gibbs said. And it's yeah. funny, if you look at the YouTube comments that we get, people say, this dude's definitely making the team. Yeah. This dude's definitely making the team. And I'm like, 
hey, not all these guys can make the team. I, I can imagine what goes into that decision. Well, I'm sure it's very hard for the coaches. It's even harder for the player. Let me take you to a, a player's moment in yeah, this yeah, situation. Yeah. The thing about it, we don't know when we're going to get cut, released, or whatever, but we got this thing where we call them the Reaper. I, okay. It's, it's just one guy that every team hires. And his job is to walk around and do what the, and when the coach say, go get this guy for oh me. Oh, my God. And, and he got two words. Grab the playbook. And this one, we know something. That's three, right by the there. way. That's three words, by the way. It is. It is. My fault. My, hey, Jackson Public Schools, Mississippi, shame on you. Like, at the end of the day, when you hear these three words, and I watched it for so long, and you know, you you, you form a relationship with these yeah, dudes yeah. over the summer. And I had to ask myself, Fred Smoot, what would you do when the Reaper comes for you? And I said, you know what? I'm a pretty fast athlete, faster than 1% in this world. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make him work. Because I watch nobody make him work. <laughs> and when, once they say, give me the playbook, they be like, yeah, here. I was like, I'm just going to take off running. Leave my car here at Redskin. <laughs> like everything. I'm just going to take off running. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Like at the end of the day, I just felt like it was heartbreaking mm-hmm. for me to watch. And thank Lord, I didn't ever really have to go through yeah. that. Because it but can happen at any time. I think about it. It's some vets right now. Eight years. Yeah. Some, some of them just left the Pro Bowl last year. They're going to be a cap casualty. They will be released yeah. in two, three weeks. So they're going to think about it. Right now, every team has almost 90 to 100 guys. Mm-hmm. In a blink of a snap, 40 guys off the roster. I guess that's true, yeah. That, that, that's, that's why to be a part of that 1%, then repeatedly do it. That's why you got to love the fact. And I, I asked Darryl Green, how do you keep a job for 20 years? Never let your backup play. That's a way that was it. his message to me because he got realized Derek Green fended off twenty years of five thousand athletes coming out every year that want his job. Oh, you yeah. want to talk about tough? That's tough, and that's a lot of respect. That's why we respect veterans mm-hmm. so much in this game, and that's why we feel so old when we be like thirty-two. Like you're yeah, old man, and everybody else in society looking at you <laughs> like, what, what? What are you talking right. about? We start to gray up at thirty-two and everything. We just we just transform. You know what's crazy, and this is a good sign for this team, that we've talked about a lot of things, including what we saw against the Browns. We haven't even mentioned Sam Howell. Yeah. That means you're feeling a little bit more secure mm-hmm. than you did yesterday. I, it's, it, he's not shocking me, and I'm not going to go out here and act like he just blew everybody away. Mm-hmm. But what he did do is show you I can make every routine throw, and the game is not too big for him. Mm-hmm. He's literally out there and said, you know what? I'm going to go through my maturation. I'm going to go through my progressions. I'm going to make the play. If I fail, so what? Uh, I'm going to get back up, yep. dust my jerseys off, and here I go again. So he has this calmness to him. He's not emotionally up and down. Right. And see, that's the thing about it. We went in that game. The number one question on the team is, what was Sam Howe? We left out of the game. He has went down a notch in the offensive line has taken his play. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's, that's the emotional roller coaster we go through in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So we might need to stop tricking ourselves. Yeah. Think about this. No way Coach B. Enemy or no other offensive coordinator game planning for no team we finna play in the next two weeks. Uh, yep. I, they just going out there saying we're going to run regular plays, mm-hmm. and they doing it on the other side of the ball. You can't expect to get too much out of those games. What you do want to do is go in healthy and leave healthy. That's what you want. But these new practices, I got more out of when you get two teams together and we practice together for a couple of days. Yeah. Then you don't have to hide your game plan. Okay. I, we game plan against each other for those days. Then it's full on tilt. I ain't got to be beating my brother up no more. Mm-hmm. I get to beat up on somebody else. So I think we're going to get more from those Raven practices than we're going to get from all three preseason games. Everyone says it's always chippy. 
Always. We have, listen, they had Ray Lou, I was there, Ed Reed, Jamal Lewis. Those dudes were not uh, a J.O., Big Jonathan Alvin. Yeah. Like, they had, they had these, they was the Ravens Ravens. Right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So we come down and we just feist the D.C. bunch. We feeling ourselves too. Yeah. You know, I got LeVar Arrington. I got Big, Big Daddy Wilkinson, Bruce Smith. I got Yellow Jackets over here too yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, so we ain't finna get pushed around. But yes, when you let the wrestlers in the wrestling ring, <laughs> somebody gonna get bottom slam, a body slam, and it happened over and over over again yeah. so yeah you know what but we have no drama with the Ravens we don't the Ravens fan and the Washington fans don't hate each other it's, the media try, I, I hate playing the media because I'm part yeah, of the media but yeah. the media makes it into something like yeah. it's robbery it's not a robbery it's, it's, not, it's, a not, robbery. it's not a like, robbery it's something about these fan bases we kind of play nice right it's like when they said the battle of the belt ways. and I hate to I'm tell like, the Ravens I hate no. to tell the Ravens fans we loaned you some of our fans to make sure your fan base got a population that it needed so I just don't see any Vitral over there, like us in Philadelphia. Oh, there's no love there, right? There's no love there, so it's it's a different flow with them. Yeah, for sure. So when you go around what we saw with the preseason over the weekend, yeah. I just want to throw out Cardinals and Broncos because yeah, yeah. Cardinals Broncos first or two weeks two, of the season. Yeah. The Cardinals gonna suck. They're gonna suck, right? Uh yeah, they're in the uh Caleb Williams sweepstakes, is what I call yes, it. Yes, they are. They are in that sweepstakes, and they might be the first team since we had uh since we drafted LeVar Arrington and Chris Samuels, we had the second and the third pick in that draft. Okay. All right. The the Arizona Cardinals might be the first team to have the first and the second pick of That's the right. draft. That's right. So I don't know if they had no rush to win any games. And you gotta realize when we played in week one, new head coach. Yep. Colt McCoy at quarterback. Uh if I'm at the MGM right now, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I I I'm gonna look at it for what it truly is. Right. But let's not forget, they still got players. They still got booty sure. bags. It's still the NFL. Still, it's still yeah. the NFL. You still got to show up. No game will be given to you. But right now, the Cardinals are in a rebuilding stage mm-hmm. where I think the, the Broncos are in one of these stages where we need to see what we got. Sean yeah. Payton, new head coach. So two new head coaches our first two weeks. Yeah. All right. One is trying to see, do we have any players? The other one trying to see, are my players who I think they are? Yeah. Is Russell Wilson still Russell Wilson? I, it, That's the question. You, you don't feel good about that, Jinx. No. Why? Because I just feel like he's. I feel like he's done. I. I, I don't want him to be done, but it's just, even with, he'll be better by virtue of the fact that Sean Payton is there, right? Yeah. And yeah. that defense is no joke. That defense is salty. But I just, if you watch that preseason, he had that one touchdown pass late. But yeah, it took I, him yeah, a yeah. while to get going. He doesn't handle pressure. He's just a different dude. So the question was, was the Legion of Boom right? Because we heard these, these these whispers coming out when the Legion of Boom was there mm-hmm. and, and Russ was getting out of love. And they like, nah, yeah. we the reason right, that yeah. this, this is going on. And now Russ has his team that's letting him cook. And his dinner is coming out terribly. It's cold. Hey, hey, listen, they let him. They, they let him go get the groceries. They let they they they, they let him have stuff, everything, everything. Everything he wanted. Is it too much pressure? I do he think too highly of himself? That's the question. You know what's funny about that? I saw, I'm not on TikTok a lot, but last year. Ain't you too old to be on TikTok, I Jinx? I'm on it. God, my girl's on it for like three hours a day. I'm like, you got to take a break. I'm not on TikTok. She's I feel like, good about it. She's that. like, did you hear about that girl? And she had a baby, but the baby got decapitated inside the womb. I'm like, no, that's what happens when you're on TikTok for two or three hours. What, like, what are you wa-? I was like, I don't want to hear about this. Yeah. I but I saw something last year where it was when Russ went back to Seattle. Yeah. And it was some dude and had some weird camera angle. He's like, look at this. This is after the game. This guy spent his career in Seattle. And it's Russ, after the game, walks onto the field, his former home field. He shakes hand, daps up Geno Smith. 
no one else, else, and I mean no one else, came up to him. He had just been there. But he's... <laughs> it was weird to watch. But he don't look like the vindictive type. Now, I know him and the head coach kind of... Yeah. But come on, no matter when we are as players, when we come back to a place, like when I came back here and played as a Minnesota Viking, yeah. man, I would talk to the janitors, I would talk to the fans, all my ex-teammates. You don't forget that part of your life. Right, you don't you just cut it off. Know, you just don't cut it off. And for him to do that, it makes me feel like he would either feel like he was kicked out or he was alienated. Yeah. One out of two. But he's holding a grudge. Yeah. Hey, 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 sensitive thugs need a hug. <laughs> we, we know that. We know that. And I'm out here to hug you. We hug you. <laughs> I, this, this is a safe zone right here. Right. Man. This is a safe zone, Zinc. So, since we're talking about quarterbacks, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be the guy for the Jets. <laughs> are you tired of him? Or are you, you think he's had sort of a renaissance? He's a different dude now? I think I've never seen a guy do a 360. That shows you a unhappy person hurts others. All right? That's the truth yeah. to it. I'm a son of a preacher. Yeah. They're unhappy people no, I got quiet. intentionally I hurt other people. He was so unhappy in Green Bay and felt so unappreciated. He couldn't do number lash out. Mm-hmm. All right? So now he gets to a new place. Hey, think about this, Jinx. Think about living in Green Bay for 18 years <laughs> of your life. Wouldn't you be fickle? All right, listen. I've never been to Green Bay. You, you never will. All right, listen to the thing. Like, imagine it waking it up and it's just cornfields with icicles for miles and miles with nothing else. Imagine saying, let's go to a game. No problem. Milwaukee ain't but an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes away. And then they take you out of Lower Umpton, yeah. a.k.a. Green Bay, and take you to the Mecca, New York. The love, he had Swifty concerts. He doing stuff he could never do being seen as That's a player. True. Living the life. For the first time, Aaron Rodgers has a a life outside of playing football. Mm-hmm. Like he can walk out his door now, and they love Aaron Rodgers the person just as much they love Aaron Rodgers the football He's in New York. Player. He can do whatever he wants. He's in New York. And to, and to go to the Jets, and if you win a Super Bowl oh at the Jets, God. You are Joe Willie Namath the second. Uh, he will never have to worry about anything else That's the right. rest of his life. And you can see it in him. You can see it in his eyes. He looks, he literally looks different. He looks younger. Yes. Uh, he looks He shaved, like, he cut his hair. Oh, he looked like I am having the time. It's, it, it's the teammates is embracing him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all you want to do is make sure you're worth. Feel, you're like, you can feel it in the building. Yep. These, these guys and these kids on this team, they ain't seen nothing like Aaron Rodgers. They have never had a Hall of Fame yep. quarterback. It's just not many to go around and now that they have him they see a different light but now that he got them they've rejuvenated him yep they've made him younger when he came there and said i might play one year now he talking about nah i might play three years yeah. i might play. like this that's how you rejuvenate yourself so me i have put the hawaska guy <laughs> the, the darkness retreat the smooth see, poops. That's, that's what happened when you're in darkness. You run to darkness. Now, he in the light, and all he doing is basking in the glory. I think Aaron Rodgers' personality has switched 360, and he's a new man right now. We have some breaking news that you Commanders fans are going to want to hear. It is official. SeatGeek is now the official ticketing partner of the Washington Commanders. That's right. The deal is finalized, and SeatGeek is the newest member of the Commanders family. If you haven't heard the name yet, get used to it because you'll be hearing it a lot more this season. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Commanders games or to any other event in the DMV, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Washington Commanders, so Commanders fans can fan. So you've watched quarterback on Netflix a little bit, right? Yes, I have. So 
One thing I find fascinating about that is, and Chris Jones from the Chiefs was talking about this, and we saw this from Patrick Mahomes, yeah. where Chris Jones was saying some quarterbacks are real nice. Yeah. Joe Burrow is real nice. Yeah. But that Josh Allen gets nasty, will talk smack. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes was saying, hey, I always talk nice to the D-line, to yeah. the linebackers. Yeah. I want them to hit me a little, little bit, bit softer. Little bit softer. Mm-hmm. Is there something to that? Yeah, great way to be a politician on that by him. Yes. Right, but at the end of the day, yes, it is. Phillip Rivers, dog. Really? Phillip Rivers come out in pregame just yapping. All right, that's what Phillip Give me Rivers, an example. Is you have it that you can share? No, like literally you come out on the field. You know, the quarterback's usually out there first. Yeah. They're warming up. DB's couple of us run out there. 2-1. Smooth 2 sell. I'm gonna try out and see how good she is today. Like just something, something just to agitate from the her. jump. From the jump, then he'd be like, "Yeah, we've been starting to lift film. You don't like them comebacks, do you?" So he he really just he putting something <laughs> in your head. Brett Favre, same way. Brett come out there, he warming up like, "Uh, this ball for you. This one right here for you." Like quarterbacks are not who y'all think. See, y'all build him up. Yes. Like they the preachers of the neighborhood. Yes. No, they are building. Right? <laughs> some of these guys are anti-villain. I mean, anti-heroes. Right? Some of them, Kerry Collins were very competitive. Tony Romo was a guy that'll laugh at you while he drop a, a 80-yard bomb on you. So each quarterback had their personality. And you knew the scrappy ones. You knew the one that like, yeah, I, I'll take him to old backyard uh, dirty mattress fight. Because you know what? He'll get down dirty. Right. Yeah, but then you have a guy like Todd Collins, who I had the chief. I can't do nothing to you, but take you to church with me. Because that's who the chief was. So different quarterbacks do different things. It is a shock you whose mentality is like Peyton and Cerebro, Cerebro as he was. Yeah. His competitive juices get to flowing. Forget chewing you out. He chewing his whole like he he chewing his team out. Yeah. So it's 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 different. Got Tom Brady. Tom talks really he talks a lot. Like when I say talks a lot, Tom will get in your. I ain't gonna lie. He wasn't in. If you say if you don't really attack him, he won't attack you. But you but see if, from time to time, you'll get in someone's face. That because they attacked him. That's what I'm so he get. so he one of them guys. He responds. He don't initiate. But then you got your initiators like Favre right. and the rest of these guys that initiate. Then you got your guys come out there with their arrogant. I might drop eighty yards on you today. I'm maybe hundred. That's the Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right? That's the guy that comes right. out there and does it like that. So I think it's it's a different view for all of them. Mm-hmm. I just had a lucky chance that I got to play with generational guys that all played the game in their own little way. So the phrase smooth smack is yeah. a thing for a reason. Yeah. How much talking did you do? What did you used to do? I, we- I you know what? I weaponized verbal conversation at an early age. <laughs> I come from a family that's very loud. Okay. Everybody talks Mississippi. You know how Did it you is. have to like talk to so people would hear you because yeah. everybody's talking? Everybody talking over yeah, you. Yeah. So therefore you, you you project louder because it, now it's, it ain't who right. It's who the loudest. So yeah. then it go from that. Then don't forget, I, I was never the biggest guy. So I had to weaponize my language because I'm 170, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to get your attention because if I can get you to look at me, now I can get you to respect my game. Now, people don't understand. Y'all think we just talk to talk. No, I'm weaponizing it so I can hurt your game. Mm-hmm. Some guys cannot take verbal warfare. They cannot take because once they're focused on me and they're mad at me, I don't, know, I don't care what your emotion is. If I make you happy, smile, I'll make you mad. I'm in your head. Right. You're not focused. And if you let me live rent free in mm-hmm. there, I won't move. All right. So here goes the thing <laughs> about it is when you do it, you do it for a reason. In college, I learned to do it before the game. So I used to weaponize it during the week. That's how I started smoosmack.com. Yeah. Where I used to literally 
call on campus if I knew anybody on the campus to get information about any information. And I would yap it out during the week. And they would respond to me pregame. Oh, really? Nah, they would respond to me. Can't believe you said that. Why? Ain't nothing off guards. Ain't nothing off guards with us. What is you talking about? So I think it's more when people hear us say trash talk. I think it's first level. I think they think. Yeah. No, yeah. this is third level stuff right here that, that we're doing. We're not doing it just to make each other feel happy, sad, and mad. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. When or if does it cross a line? Like, come on now. Like, we like try to keep, keep it within. We try to genuinely keep mama names out of this. We try that's to keep mama names out of I'm, this. That's what I'm we, asking. We keep her. We keep her out of it. We try, but girlfriends, well, like none of them, they coming. Yeah, they're they're gonna talk trash to you. Like, but we try to keep family members for the most part out of it, and we try to make it more play. Mm-hmm. What play? Like, I seen what you did last week, which was absolutely nothing. Right? <laughs> right. Like I tell the dude, like check this out, man. I hope they put pockets in your pants this week, cause this way your hands gonna be like this. Anything. <laughs> uh, I got this blanket over here. You wanna lay on it with me? We can throw a pick. Like you just anything. But then I the guy, the head guys like Reggie Wayne, the stoic. That's crazy to me. That I would just sit there and yap it, and he would just look at me like you a damn fool. Like he would just look at me. And his emotion wouldn't go mm-hmm. up and down. He would just look at me and wouldn't say nothing. By the third quarter, I'm like, am I not getting through to him? Yeah. Am I like, what's going on? Am I losing my touch? Am I horse right now? Yeah. Like, because he wouldn't respond. But then you got your guys that's going to respond. Mm-hmm. And they want to beat fire with fire. Like, pound for pound, the best trash talk I've probably ever played against, we met in college. And that's Chad Johnson. Oh, I bet that's right. That yeah. makes perfect sense. Well, because I always grade my trash talkers off this. Do he talk noise before he make a play? Or do he talk noise after? Because I call one of them a front runner. Because mm-hmm. if you make a catch on me and then you want to show out, you're a front runner. You right. wouldn't say nothing beforehand. Mm-hmm. All right. Chad going to talk before the game, after the game, during the game. And me and him had this one thing that I thought me and him was few of many. Okay. We could talk while we running. Wait, wait, wait. Talk while you're, like, running. Like running a route or you're trying yes. to guard somebody? He running the route. I'm checking the route. And we talking as the route goes on. Where you going? Oh, I'm going right here. You can't stop me. Like, <laughs> I used to literally, like, run beside people talking. They were like, what's wrong with you? Yes. Like, yeah, because I had the ability to talk during the play Damn. and communicate. And Chad was one of the one receivers that, from the snap of the ball to the end of the route to the catch. Like, he's talking, doing the mm-hmm. catch. Oh, I got you. Right, right. Like, so it's it's this thing where this is really verbal warfare because yeah. we're going tip for tap, back and forth, different. Now you got him who's a happy trash talker. Like, he's going to do it more of the joker. See, that's how I had always said who I yeah. was. As a hero, I'm Deadpool. As a villain, I'm the joker. Why so serious? Now you got your guys like Steve Smith. Now he's an animal. Now I would when he not tra- mess with Steve Smith. When he by the talk way. trash, he's doing it in an angry man way. Right. Like he's doing it in. I don't want my neighbor on my grass. Like he that type of dude. Like bulldog trash talker. Then you got your guy like Scrahan. Scrahan he in there like Chris Rock, like a professional comedian. And see the funny thing about Scrahan, you would think he would like to talk trash to the offensive player because yeah. he a defensive right. player. When I'm on the field, he's talking trash to me. All right, so when I get out the field and he on the field, I'm talking trash to him. And then next year I know all I see him turn around and smile. All I see is then after he done got 27 sacks. So you got those, you got different type dudes, and then you got a guy like Ray Lewis. 
He gonna talk trash to you and throw a Bible at you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he, like he said, I'm I'm only doing this in the name of the Lord. <laughs> so you, you got you got different guys that attack you in different ways. Didn't Steve Smith a couple years ago tell Michael Urban he was gonna beat his ass on the yeah, on, 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 on live, live TV? TV yes, like, that's who he is. Like very much be Mitch like. Yes. Yes. If Steve, you, if, you, if you hit the right button, yes. with Mitch. Oh, he goes from, it oh. just turns. It just turns very quickly. The bulldog comes out. And Steve Smith has that also. You can only take them so far yeah. before they really just say, you know what? Can't talk no more trash no more. Fisticuffs. Put them up right now. Man, years ago, I don't know if you remember this. We did this show called Monday Night Live on Comcast Sports Net back in the yeah, day. I and remember. it was me. It was Sean. Yeah. It was John Jansen. And I was I was the dude in the crowd. And I was giving, I'd known John now for a little while yeah. so I gave him a hard time because he's obviously a huge dude, dude and yeah. I said something to him jokingly I mean look at me yeah. <laughs> and something went off and that Midwestern boy comes out and he goes why don't you come up here and I'll show you Ooh, like, he, I was he like, for his I horse. was like, all right, all right. I was he like, yo, yo, yo I'm coming around. Yeah, I, all sometimes just a flip goes off or a switch goes off and it's over. Uh, and, and some players had it. Mm-hmm. Like some guys got that that tipping point. Mm-hmm. Like me, I pride myself on. Not letting people get me the boiling point. Yeah. I always said, if you're going to talk trash, you better have thick skin. Yeah. So then I recognized, not, not only do I need thick skins, I can't have any feelings. Because if you got feelings, <laughs> they can hurt them. Yeah. So I don't have any available. So at the end of the day, that's the thing about it. When you talk about a guy like B. Mitch and you talk about a guy like Steve Smith, it's different ways of aggression yes. that you had to deal with. I've worked with B. Mitch many times, and you just see it. You see, You see, like... All of a sudden, you see the wheels turn, and all of a sudden, he bows up a little bit. Like we're talking to a football player. Then, right no, no, now. no. We, yeah, we're talking to yeah. a grown man. Grown man, and, and, grown and, man. and that's what it, that's what it is. All grown men just want respect, and yeah, some no guys doubt. are willing to say, "Put those dukes up, so I can I can beat you like the boxing match we seen a couple of weeks ago that took my money for no reason." But we ain't gonna talk about that. But at the end of the day, yes, you know how it is. A money mono, and football is a gladiator mm-hmm. sport. That's why when I took a trip to Rome. First thing I did was go to the Coliseum. Yep. I've been to Rome three, four, five times, and I never stopped going to the Coliseum because I, when I'm on that hollow ground, I say these athletes just shed blood. Yeah. Is the reason athletes now are the players they are now. Yeah, everything started in that Coliseum. I believe B. Mitch was in Sharknado Three. Had a cameo in that. <laughs> it got eight and still <laughs> jumped off the shark at the end of it. Yeah, you ever been in the movie? No, not. You know what? I've I've snuck in a couple of things. Nobody knows unless they actually looking for it. Okay. But I ain't had speaking, speaking lines. Okay. I want to consider you being in a movie if you can hold a scene of yeah. two. You, you can't just be in there smiling. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm Red Fox. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about just you got to have a scene, you got to have some lines, and you got to go with a real professional. That's why one of my favorite guys out right now, Vernon Davis. Oh, right. Vernon Davis just he just did a movie with Morgan Freeman, and he choked Morgan Freeman. I said, you know what, son? Nothing coming good to you. You just choked Jesus. Right? You cannot do that, Vernon Davis. Everybody the, loves Morgan Freeman. Every, the voice. Yes. Listen to me. But like he said, it was a privilege to be on on set with him. Mm-hmm. He said I learned so much from him, and he's like, yeah, and I got to spend like three months in Mississippi filming it. So most definitely, Vernon is one of those. Taking it very serious. Go check everything he do out right Ooh, now. Oh, I got to check that out. So when you think about the best athlete appearances in movies yeah. all the time, and they go on and on and on, what are some of your favorites? Now, we got we to gotta have some rules. Okay. Because I don't know if we can put wrestlers in here because 
they normally leave wrestling and go become actors. Yes. It's less of a cameo yeah. than it is like it becomes part of your profession. The next progression yeah, yeah, exactly. of what they do. So if you're talking about true athletes, the GOAT, I got to say it's Jim Brown. Oh. Because I, I think he one of the first groundbreaking guys That's true. that they took athletes serious when it came to acting. Like So I, Jim Brown is the GOAT. But boy, my list... It's a good list. Lawrence Taylor. Mm-mm-mm. Anytime he on camera, reality sheet, the TV, I eat a film. It's great any given Sunday. I thought he showed with a linebacker, like a, it, what, what it feels like to be a linebacker. Yeah. So a lot of people say they enjoy Dan Marino and Nate Ventura. Oh, I had, we had Dan Marino on our radio show a couple years ago. Yeah. And he said, we got him to say his famous line from that movie, which is, you're a weird guy, Ace. And he yeah. said it for us on air. But that was a good cameo. But was that his only line? Or did he have like no, he three had a or few. That was, his, that was the one he was known for. Well I, well, I got one for you that I know you ain't even thinking about because it's too new. Marshawn Lynch in Westworld. See, that's too deep for you. See, He's in Westworld? Did you not know that he in the last season? The whole, the whole entire season. Running rampant. And wait, 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 wait. Marshawn Lynch is in. I stopped watching about after two seasons of Westworld. No, no, he's in the third, full third season, and half of the last season. Like, he is yes, and he's he's. I don't know if it's in real reality or Rehoboam. I don't know if they still in the, <laughs> the computer. But what I do know, Marshawn did a great job in this. He's hilarious. No, uh, but he, he can't be hilarious in this, right? He's got to be. No, serious, it's more right? serious in this. Okay, one. yeah, because yeah. it's more of revolution at this time while he's running around and everything going rabbit, everything all changed. So I thought he did a great job in it. And you know, I got to bring up my fellow Mississippian old Brett Favre. Something, Something about, about that. Mary. That's a good one. You know, everybody brings that up. And why not? Yeah, I, I, I thought he brought some sunshine to it. Didn't show many acting skills. Like, cause we got to grade each other. Okay. Everybody can't be a ten. That's right. Everybody can't be a 10, but I thought he did a good job playing Brett Favre. And who are you playing in the movie? Are you playing yourself? That's the thing, too. Are you playing a character? Andre the Giant, Princess Bride, that's a good one. But here's the thing. The Giant's just going to be the Giant. But I'm going to say, but he played characters. That's true. Uh, he, he, he selected characters. He did not go into there playing Andre the Giant. That's true. That, that's why I got to give props about that. Who else you got? Let's see. What's another good one? I wrote, wrote down a couple here. Well, MJ and Space Jam. I think it was so before his time, mm-hmm. and I think it was the first of his kind, and nothing that Michael Jordan could do at that time went bad. He had the That's Midas true. touch. That's true. I think we had Michael Jackson euphoria. I mean, uh, Michael Jordan euphoria at that time. There was a Michael Jordan cologne. It was a Michael Jordan. You Do you remember the cartoon? Yes. With him, Wayne yes. Gretzky? Yes. And who was that, Bo Jackson? They just took, like, the greats and put the, them but, together. And just put, put them in a cartoon. Like, everything Michael Jordan. I couldn't even go to lunch. I'm, I'm eating a Big Mac like Mike. I'm, I'm, I, I, like, I can't run for Mike nowhere. All right? Now, I'm going to tell you how dirty Mike is. Mike sold me Michael Jordan's when I was 17 for $100, now I'm buying the same Zach shoe. He ain't changed it. They just re-released it for my sons for $200. That is crazy. Uh, so what I'm saying is sometimes what you do can block out how we really judge you. That's true. Right, now, nobody likes to bring up the fact that Mike played baseball because he stunk. He did. And we don't like to think about Michael Jordan when it comes to the word That's stink. That's he stunk. He did. I, I, he was not Deion Sanders and no. Bo Jackson when it came. He to was that. bad. But you know what's crazy about that? When you talk about his career, yeah. people forget he took that time off 
peak of his career. Yes. Took off like two and a half years at the peak and still came back and won three. And we always leave that out. I'm like, dude, at his peak, he just walked. We have nothing to compare it to. There's nothing. Yeah, exactly. no, no, yes, we do. Muhammad Ali. That, that, yeah, that's go. the only one. But I don't think he came back and three-peated. Like, I, I don't no. think he came back and did the things that Jordan did at that level that he did it. You're so right about MJ. One of my favorite memories when I was a kid was I opened up a, a pack of basketball cards. Yeah. And I had two Jordan second-year cards. And I was like, did right. you not keep them? Oh, I got I got the rookie. I have a rookie card, one of my most prized what, what, possessions. Why, you, why you ain't sold it yet? I'm just holding on to it, man. So what, till you turn ball? What you holding <laughs> on to? Like, some stuff should be auctioned right now. I, the, I've the, got it. The Mike Collie beat through two weeks ago in Vegas <laughs> has already hit the auction. <laughs> and you holding on to a rookie? Yeah. Hey, we're going to have to break in Jinx's house. <laughs> <laughs> I had two second year cards and I was like, okay, perfect. I got a second one. I, I swear to God, I put this in a self-addressed stamped envelope. Yeah. I wrote Michael Jordan and I addressed it to Chicago Stadium. This is before United Center. And I said, I'm your biggest fan. If you could just sign this and send it back to me, I'd be forever grateful. Long note. Put it in the mail. Forgot about it. Six months later, I got back and I, I had forgotten about it. I was like, this looks like my writing because of the self-addressed stamped envelope. Yeah. Open it up. Signed MJ card. God. Isn't that crazy? That's ridiculous. Crazy. Oh, come on, I'm man. A small kid in the middle of nowhere in what? Texas, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Why are you still working with me? <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with you? you? You're not a jinx. You're a jerk for that one. <laughs> Before we let the people go, let's bring it right back around because we do yeah. have joint practices this yeah. week. Yeah. Okay, so what are some of the things you're looking for, Commanders and Ravens? I, I'm looking for us to match their physicality. Yeah. I'm going to start there. If you can move the ball on this team offensively, the Ravens, you can. You can move it on anybody in the NFL. If you can stop the Ravens' offense with the weapons they got, you can stop anybody in there. Can we go in there? Can we match their intensity? Two, can we go in there and show them that we got some pinsmanship over here now? We can beat you with your pen. We don't have to out-physical you all the time. And what you Oh, she mean finesse. Well, not finesse. I'm talking about, like, I want, like, the one thing about it, that's why I love Coach Eric Bieniemy being here. I have to play against the offensive coordinator. Some offensive coordinators, they beat us before we even get on the field. They beat us with what mm, we call the pin. Yeah. They, they design plays to attack our weaknesses. And I want to see them do that because this is what you can do that you can't do in a preseason game. Show plays. Mm -hmm. Close practices, you can show plays. Mm -hmm. right, now we can run what we're going to run week one, week two, week three. You can do that because the whole world not watching you. Now when we do preseason game, everything's great. No, nobody's showing plays and right. nobody game scheme. So I want to see how they respond to that. And I really want to see how they respond when they get hit in the mouth. Because the one thing you know, going up 95, yep. you're going to get hit in the mouth. Yep. Now the question is, is you going to hit back? Offensive line, you will be put to the test. Defensive line, you will be put to the test. Mm -hmm. DBs, you will be put to the test. So you're going to know a lot about your team, probably more than you are after week three in the preseason. Mm -hmm. You're going to know more about your team after this week than anything. Who is one guy who has showed out a little bit, but you want to see more. You want to see more. Oh, oh. Kaleek Hudson feel like he right at that bubble where it's like, I'm finna, I'm finna bust into stardom. Yeah. I, I either, they just won't give me that chance. I'm looking for like, he's, like, I think I expect a lot. I think he can be very good. A lot of people don't understand. He plays safety, bulked up to play linebacker. That allows him to cover an ability to do a lot of stuff that they want to do. 
And I also just want to see Chase Young, which looked good in the first he game. Had a couple, he was this close to a like, couple no, sacks. No. He uh, was doing things that Chase Young do. I, like I tell people, when people get hurt, don't worry about the year they come back. It's always the next year. Because like, then you got a chance to have an offseason so I can get better. Mm-hmm. If I'm in the offseason that I got hurt, I'm just trying to get well. It's totally a different. I think Chase Young going to be that guy that say, you know what? Y'all miss me? Because uh, I ain't went nowhere. Right. So Chase Young is that dude, especially contract year, yeah. Jinx. Contracts year. <laughs> we, we find way. We muster up the, 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 the strength of a mustard seed doing them years. <laughs> We're ready for preseason game number two, Ravens and Commanders and joint practices. That's going to do it for this edition of the Get Loud podcast presented by SeatGeek. That's my guy Fred Smoot. I'm Michael Jenkins. We'll see you next week. Bobun and John Wick, too. Don't forget that. The views and opinions expressed by our podcast guests and or hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Washington Commanders or any of their representatives.